You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, sexymarriage.net. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio, where we're having straightforward, honest conversations, and as always, alongside my wife, Pam. Hey, how's it going? We are grateful that the Sexy Marriage Nation spends some time with us each week, and if you are part of said nation, which, if you're listening to the show, you're part of said Sexy Marriage Nation. Yeah, pretty much, I'm thinking. Then we want to hear from you. We love the thoughts, the questions, the comments, the feedback that comes in. And the way you could do that is 214-702-9565 is our voicemail line. You can also send us an email or record a voicemail and send it to us at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. If you like what we've got going on uh, and you want more of it, then consider joining the Academy, sexymarriage.net. You'll find a Lots of different ways you can get extended information on the extended shows. Mm-hmm. You can also join the, the Academy and go all the way, mm-hmm. which is private community with conversations that take place in a members-only area, a monthly coaching call, a virtual hangout, plus just access to a lot of things that we've got going on and coming up. Right. Speaking of coming up, we've got the Sexy Marriage Radio Getaway yeah, in June. That's in the planning. We're excited for what's to come with that. Registrations are ongoing and filling mm-hmm. fast. So if you're yeah. on the fence thinking, maybe we'll go, but just haven't pulled the trigger and you want to make sure you get a spot, I'm going to encourage you to uh, join. <laughs> SexyMarriage.net is how you can do that. So we are glad to hear from our listeners Mm-hmm. And we want to we want to hear more from you. This episode of Sexy Marriage Radio is brought to you by Zola. Zola is reinventing the wedding registry and planning process to make the happiest moments in couples' lives even happier. To start your free wedding website and also get fifty dollars off your registry on Zola, go to zola dot com slash smr. We're grateful for sponsors that help make this happen. And we're grateful for the Sexy Marriage Nation that has always made this thing happen because we're coming up on a monumental thing. Yeah. We are two weeks away at the airing of this show from episode number 400. That's amazing. And I'm making a personal request to the Sexy Marriage Nation for this, that if you've been a part of the Sexy Marriage Nation and you've listened to the shows for any length of time, whether this is your very first one and you dig it, or you've been around for years, the seven and over seven years this has been going on, um, I'm asking you call the voicemail line, 214-702-9565, and just share uh, something about the show that's impacted you. Share how this show, the this whole little project that started all those many 400 mm-hmm. episodes ago, mm-hmm. what it's done. Uh, because this this is a, a, celebra- a celebration moment for not only Pam and I uh, and and being a part of this for so long. I mean, Pam's been my co-host now for almost the last year. Yep. And then there's been other two other ladies that have been monumental in making it get to where we've where we've become. Oh yeah. And we'll we'll talk more about that on the episode. But I want to make this episode not about us. I want to make it about the sexy marriage nation. And I want to hear from them. And if you don't want to call in, I get it. Send an email, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And and we want to hear from you. Yeah. 
So coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio, your questions, our answers, and then on the extended version, which is deeper and a little bit longer, and is no ads, you can subscribe at sexymarriage.net. You can listen to a little more in-depth conversation about a trend I've been seeing in a lot of people that have been coming through my office lately in regards to how we kind of shoot ourselves in the foot when it comes to communication. And there's some systemic patterns that play out. And if you're curious about that, join the, join the extended version and you'll hear more. So all that... Nice teaser. All that is coming up on today's show. We're glad you're here. Hi. I always hear you talk about higher desire and the lower desire spots. And I wonder if in a healthy marriage, there is such thing as both spouses being the higher desire or the lower desire. And how does that look like? In my marriage, there it's a bit unclear on who is the higher desire. My husband initiates more than I do, but... He also knows that when he does, I will never say no to him um, because I want sex all the time. However, there's been a few times where I have initiated and he has said no to me, making me feel really rejected. This might be uh, the reason I don't initiate as often and also because I love being feeling wanted. Um, anyways, thank you for the show and I really appreciate this podcast. Bye-bye. Well, thank you very much for calling in. Yeah, that's a great question because I'm sitting here thinking, wow, okay, wonderful. She she wants sex. She never turns him down. But that's that's a common question and concern and kind of maybe complaint of uh, I, I, I either always get rejected or I'm always the one that has to initiate. And good for him. He initi- Anytime he initiates... She's on board. She's got a willing participant. It. So what is what is the answer there? On is there? Do you call them both high desire? Well, okay, that that's a great question. Um, from the way she's describing it, in in a lot of, a lot of we hear in the emails come in, they would both be towards the higher area quadrants of the continuum. If they're both right. interested, it sounds like they're both they're on the higher end. Like it, enjoy it. Um, so, but between the two of them, my hunch is still going to be one of them is higher than the other. They might be really close in the levels of desire, and they might both actually be high in general. Yeah. But when you're comparing one to another, one's going to be lower than them. And okay. so. I also hear the nuances in her question, though, of it's not just higher desire or lower desire for sex. She even alluded to um, the higher desire or lower desire in initiation. Because you can have differences in that, too. You could both really love sex, but one of you really does not want to initiate. So therefore, you're the lower desire initiator. All right. Which sounds like it's her because it's that uh, I may get rejected if I initiate it. Exactly. Exactly which is a reality of everybody when you're going after something, there's the chance you won't get it. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's worth looking at the, the nuances within it of who is the higher desire when it comes to the different aspects of the sexual dynamic. Not just sex, because that's an overarching topic. 
Okay. Right? So the higher desire for initiating, the higher desire for having sex to, because it makes them feel wanted, the higher desire of being approached, the higher desire of the intimacy that comes along with it, or the higher desire for the physical that comes along with mm-hmm. it. And if you take some time and just kind of explore in a comparative nature of the way this dynamic plays out, you can usually kind of decipher, okay, I'm the higher desire for sex, but I'm the lower desire for initiation. But I am the higher desire compared to my spouse for the intimacy that can come from it. Or I'm the lower desire of the intimacy. Mine's more physical pleasure that I want. So, you know, it's it get, it can get really con- convoluted maybe, and maybe that's too much geeking out on my own part that that's the stuff I do. <laughs> right. It's breaking down all the little microcosms <laughs> within the sexual relationship or the intimate relationship. Yeah, but I think there's merit to doing that because it helps give you a better understanding of, okay, so maybe the way she's describing it, she does not turn him down, but he will turn her down. Mm-hmm. So it could be she is the higher desire overall because that's just the the nuance of the way it plays out. And it can also be situational, right? Right, right. I mean, it does sound like, an, to me, it's, it's a numbers game, right? If she never gets, he, uh, she never turns him down, but he does turn her down. Well, yeah. Okay. By definition on numbers, right. that's how it is. Yeah. And, but, and I, the key to all of this to me is, the higher desire, lower desire framework, the, the, the most powerful thing from it to me is neither one are right or wrong. Right. It's just understanding, okay, both have a burden to play, mm-hmm. both have a role to play, so how do I play my part as best I can? Mm-hmm. So then she can maybe have some more straightforward conversations with her husband about, look, we're both higher desires in general when it comes to this act that we do together. I have more fear of being rejected whenever I initiate you to you. So I would love if we could figure out a way that when I'm interested, how can we send some signals or get, get on the same framework that maybe lessens the rejection a little bit, but we can't ever, and this is one thing to the caller, thanks for calling again, um, you, you have to recognize if you want something and you pursue it, you, there's no way I've ever found that you can avoid the possibility of rejection in life. Okay. It's just, that's just what we have to confront. And we all have to do that. Yeah. You know, if you walk up to somebody just to say hello, there's a chance that you could get a rejection. And all I'm trying to do is say hello. <laughs> they could blow me off. But if you never ask, you're never going to have the possibility right. of acceptance either. So that's why I love to frame my role in life is the worst thing I'm going to hear is no. If I will live my life, one of the worst things I will ever hear is no. Right? Yeah. And coming at it from that perspective is very solid. Right? It, it's, it's that's the hope. To it, yeah. Okay. If that's the worst thing I hear, then you know what? I, I, I've still got to move forward and there's other options that I've got in life. Right. <laughs> and, and it also helps kind of frame it to where I can start looking at this through the lens of, okay, if I don't ask though, I won't get anything else. I won't get extra possibilities or, you know, so it's just that whole, what is it that helps me learn just to speak up? I mean, what comes to my mind is, and this whole trend has changed some just because of the way 
um, the FAA and the rules for airlines have changed over the years since 9-11, for sure. But one of the things I've always done whenever I've flown is whoever the flight attendant is that you meet right there when you're boarding the plane. Yeah. I take a quick peek around the corner and I try to see if, if there's room in first class. Yeah. And if there is, I ask that flight attendant, can I fly first class? Because the worst I'm going to hear is, is no. no. <laughs> I've yet to be thrown off a plane for asking that question. Yeah. But I have flown first class just by asking three times. Isn't that nice? It's, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> so it's recognizing that how do I start to look at, as she's talking, just to steer this back towards her conversation, uh-huh. how do you start to see it as the meanings I attach to this act that we do together means whatever it does, whatever she comes up with. But she realizes I don't like the rejection because I want to feel wanted. I want to feel pursued. Well, great. That's what I think we all want that as mm-hmm. human beings. Mm-hmm. But there's actually the possibility of more of her being born out when she can learn to confront the, you know what? The worst I can, worst that's going to happen is he's just going to say no. There'll be another chance. Mm-hmm. I know he's interested. I know it's not no forever, especially based on their history. Yeah. From what she's describing. Yeah. It sounds like he pursues her and initiates. So I think that's one of those things that can be really beneficial if you just kind of get into little of the nuances of yeah. what means what when, it, when you're comparing it to your partner, because it's all a comparison. Yeah. And this is just comparison for the information. And then you can use that information to apply it better. Yeah. I'm just interested to hear. I'd love for her to call back and say, does he turn her down all the time? Or is it um Well, she mentioned she's done it a couple of times and was turned down. And that's why she doesn't like to initiate. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, if you got more, if we've left it undone, 214-702-9565. Yeah. Well, we're all about marriages here at Sexy Marriage Radio. And- As you know, every marriage begins with some sort of a wedding. So while you may have already had your big day, if you're listening to this episode, uh, your kids or other family members or other friends may have theirs coming up. Well, this episode's sponsor, Zola, is reinventing the wedding registry and planning process to make the happiest moment in couples' lives even better. Man, I wish they had this when we were getting married. (laughs) Tell me about it. Because that would have made life a lot easier. (laughs) Exactly. Zola takes the stress out of wedding planning with free wedding websites, your dream wedding registry, affordable save the dates and invitations, and easy to use planning tools. And it's pretty simple. You start with a free wedding website. It's easy. just takes a few minutes to set up. You can then add photos, stories of how you met, travel accommodations, info. You can even recommend things to do for your guests while they're in town for your wedding. Then, build your dream wedding registry at Zola. They make registering for newlywed life so easy because their store has the widest selection of gifts at all different price points. There's something every one of your guests will love, and there's free shipping, returns, and price matching, and more. Back when we planned our wedding, we had people coming from all over, and Zola would have simplified this process in communicating with everyone and giving us an easy way to share all the details needed for everyone planning to come to our big day. But of course, ours was 25 years ago. So, you know, we hadn't even, we hadn't even invented the internet by then. (laughs) So to start your free wedding website and to also get $50 off your registry, go to Zola.com slash SMR. That's spelled Z-O-L-A.com slash SMR to start your free wedding website and get $50 off your registry on Zola. 
So I had an email come in that wanted us to circle back to episode 394, where in it we did um, a section where a husband was asking for pictures of his wife that he could utilize to when she was not available, then he could masturbate to that, to the pictures of her. Uh-huh. And so right after that email aired, uh, we had a member of the Sexy Marriage Nation, a husband, email in, and he's like, hey, I, I love the show, the concept, but hey, what about the other side of this equation? Because in the show, we took the stance of, okay, I mean, be, be mindful of how do you protect any information, yeah. because once it's out there, if you send it across the waves of any kind, there's, there's some... Some more secure, but even yeah, if it's you on your phone. Yeah, you someone hacking in and yeah. getting that. So he he even had the experience in his own marriage where he did this, she agreed, and then later when a, uh, this was after pornography use had been discovered, and so this was an attempt to try to curb that mm-hmm. and, and utilize something that was steering more towards the relationship. Well, then after it was re- discovered, because she had not even remembered the pictures, apparently. Okay. And it was appalling to her she was she felt it was filthy yeah and so she even told her their counselor that they were in in counseling together with and the counselor even took the stance of how twisted it was for him to request that and both just basically came after him okay for why would you even want to do that and he genuinely felt horrible uh you know removed everything because it was quite the opposite of what he was hoping Mm -hmm. so as he was listening to the show he he heard us and he agreed, but he also was like, I wonder if something else was missing here. Like, what would my wife say? What would she want to know? Because I'm pretty sure if she played, if he played this podcast for her, she'd be pretty furious and wouldn't want to listen. And we had this a lot in some of our listeners in the nation that one listens and the other's not about to. And so sometimes we may take a stance where it's like, you're not helping my cause to get my spouse to come listen because what we talk about is counter to what their spouse would want to hear, right? Because we're going to take different stances at times. We may take different stances, certainly, and there's no way that we can have the same point of view uh, as 100% of the people out there that might come upon the podcast. So, And so he, he goes on to explain that his question is that... The pictures even themselves aren't the real person. It's a version of them. You know, because depending on how old they are, it could be a fantasy version of them, obviously, if they're years old. Okay. But it's the the struggle and the question is, because he said the counselor made the point that when you masturbate, relieving the ten- you're relieving tension that's supposed to drive you towards your spouse. Okay, but in our scenario, wasn't it about uh, maybe you're someone that is, they're away from each other for a week or two, or we've got potentially a spouse with some sort of health issues and there's not going to be sex that, going on for a period of time? That was the premise of, of the question that was sent in. Am I really depriving my sexual relationship right. with my spouse if that's the scenario that we're talking about. Right. Well, and I'm going to still land where we were that no, that if you're talking about a scenario of we're going to be apart for a long time or you're unavailable or uh-huh. 
in, in, as long as it's not, to, to me, there's two factors that play out. As long as it's not in secret and it's not depriving the energy towards your spouse. Well, and I'll, they know about it. They know what's going on. Secret or depriving, or I'm going to add the caveat. If you've got this scenario where the other spouse is, this isn't something I'm on board with. You've had a history. It makes me feel dirty. It, um, you know, in that scenario, certainly there's not even going to be pictures taken in the first place. Yeah, Most of the time that would shut that down right then. But in, but in this scenario, okay, that, that wasn't discovered till later. Um, Sounds like the guy's like, Ugh, you know, I never intended for this to happen. I feel right. terrible about it. Exactly. Um, I guess I I don't I don't see where an a, a third well, this, party th- can come down on that. But. This yeah, this is the struggle because when you reveal your wants, your fantasies, and your desires with your spouse, it could backfire in the short term. Could even in the long term, because right. it's this whole, I can't even believe you'd want that. And it's totally painting yourself in a different light to them. Yeah. But to truly create more intimacy and a depth, there's no way around that. Well, The what, risk of that. There, there's the, fear the risk of, of it. Yeah, because if, if you never ask the question, then you're holding back something in you. Yeah. Right? You're tempering you, yourself. You're you're holding back something you're truly desiring. So it's like you're not fully disclosing and being intimate to your spouse. But then when they hear your disgustingly perverted things that you want to do, <laughs> ugh, they're just... It, it, you're disgustingly it, perverted. You're disgustingly perverted. And so it's this whole circular reference where we got to come to some sort of understanding of what it takes to grow up right and and not saying that that not saying that you're not grown up if you think your no spouse's no, but, things but, are perverted because maybe they are really disgusting and inappropriate they may totally mm-hmm. be disgusting and inappropriate um and they certainly are in your eyes and so that needs to be respected and honored absolutely because this is based on mutual respect mutual understanding that and civility even that, yeah. that it, because it's care, it's love. It's not just dominating my way over someone else. Because when you're talking about this, as I was thinking through this before the show, Pam, um, th- some things came to my mind of this is touching on, because if you're objectifying, if I'm asking for a picture, there's a, there can be, it can come across as a, lev- a level of objectifying. Yeah, and I Because I'm trying to connect with an object, not a person. Yeah, get that. You know, Absolutely. We've, been, we've been there before. Yep. Our and history's so, been there. So it's, it's looking at this through, okay, what's the difference between the three words that are at play in my mind are lust, attraction, and objectification. Okay. Okay? Because if you're talking about lust... That's if, if, and this is, I'm taking a biblical worldview with this too. That lust is when you take a natural sexual attraction to the a next level of entertaining, consciously entertaining, and holding on to a thought or playing it out over in your mind with another person. Okay. That's lust. Yeah. Okay. Attraction is just noticing someone or something and its beauty. Right? Then okay. objectification 
is when we take another human being and treat them like they are an object or just parts. Yeah. Which that would be, what do you do when you see a woman that's attractive and all that you notice are breasts or legs? You're just noticing parts. So you're bordering right on the whole world of objectifying rather than the woman. Mm-hmm. seeing her and her beauty and the essence of who she is. Because it's trying to recognize objectification in any facet is a diminishing of a human being. So is it okay to objectify your spouse? Leads to the question. And my thought is no. Uh, no, yeah, no. That that totally takes away any sort of uh, respect that takes away intimacy from the relationship, right? That is totally self-serving. Mm-hmm. And that's not what this relationship is supposed to be about. Right. That's right. not what it's about at all. So then you ask the question, to in my mind, of, okay, so if I have pictures of my spouse and it's an agreed-upon thing for my benefit when we are not together— I guess that comes down to each person's, each couple's, you know what? I'm okay with that. I don't feel objectified when I'm, because I'm a part of it to some degree. I'm engaged. I know there's a connection still with me. You know, it, and that, this is where there's, I don't know of an easy way to land other than realize, and I love this email or pointing it out, that there is the other side to this equation, that we did just come down on one side of, absolutely. If you're both on board, go for it. And it's worth realizing not a lot of people maybe are going to be all both on board with this. There could be several couples out there. They're like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not interested in I don't like that at all. Uh, well, and your wording, there is several couples, right? right. And that's where if that's, if the couples, if both sides of it agree, no, that's not right. Obviously that's not happening. If one side of it doesn't like it, don't do it. Exactly. Those, those, there are some things that are out there that are deal breakers. And when one person, this is one of the things I've had a saying for a long time, when one person in a marriage thinks there's a problem, you got a problem. Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you both agree that there's a problem. You, you got one. Because one person has an opportunity to take a more grown-up stance to say, I matter. This matters to me, and I need to make sure I've lodged that so it's known. And yeah. then you figure out what the system, how the system works it out. Yeah, I would never want to encourage anything along those lines. If it's if both people aren't totally on board with it, and what that takes, I think what that takes is, um, it it takes an understanding of each other. It takes you got to be really trusting of the spouse if something like that's going on, right? Mm-hmm. You there's got to be this level of. Um, well, I I need to back up here because I'm making it sound like there's not integrity if, if one of you doesn't trust the other to do this right? because, and that's, and that's not the case and that's not true. I can't say what one spouse's history hasn't been, that they may have been objectified by somebody else. They've got whatever wounds from their past and those things I could totally trust my spouse but I've got these wounds, I've got whatever history yep. going on, and and that creates this barrier of, I can't have this happen because this is how it makes me feel. I totally trust you with my life, I trust you with our intimate relationships, but 
I cannot go beyond this right. point. Right. And you and you got to respect that. But even that. being able to have a conversation in that manner is moving the relationship to a deeper level. Because both of you are starting to show up with more of yourself. Sure. Rather than just a reaction of, oh, no way, that's sick, perverted, and disgusting. Why in the world would you want to do that? Yeah. Because you know, you're almost shutting it down. And you're shutting it down on asking yourself, why is that sick, perverted, and disgusting to me? Yeah, and I would hope we would you know, ask that question, right? I'd hope you would sit back and so let's reflect. So let's land this plane with this comment that, that I have from kind of pulling it out of this context and moving it into the whole point of why do we have sex? Why do we seek for climax or orgasms, either together or apart? Because one of the things I've heard a lot of times is, you know, a husband may say, I want to have sex because it helps me feel connected to you. Mm-hmm. And so he makes a move and she says no. And then we've, I've been a big proponent on Sex and Marriage Radio over the years to, for husbands, don't pout, don't get angry because that doesn't help your game in the long run. Mm-hmm. But uh, this was from a conversation I had this last week. There's more to it. If I'm coming to you and saying, I'm interested in sex because I want to have connection with you. And you say, I'm really not interested. And I'm saying, okay, well, then I'm going to go watch TV. Am I really wanting connection with you? Because wouldn't it be better if I've been living a man of my word? I would say, okay, you're not interested. How would you like to connect then? What would you like to do instead? You want to just hang out and talk? You want to snuggle? You want to play a game? You know, you want to watch a show together? Something. But it's that whole, there's a nuance in there that I think is worth sharing with the nation because of how often do we teach a wife as the higher desire? I'll just use it in the context between us, Pam. Okay. How often would I be teaching a wife that I can say I'm not just interested, I'm just interested in connection and it's not just sex, but when I go for it and am rejected and I respond accordingly and withdraw, I'm also saying, yeah, I was just interested in sex. Mm. So maybe I'm better off, just like the emailer saying, both sides need to be represented better of saying, what's really going on? Yeah. What is this? How does this really hit me? Mm. Because that's what speaks the deeper language in the long run. Yeah. And we're going to leave it at that. Perfect. Well, I'm interested in what people think. Yeah, I'm guessing we'll get some feedback on this one. Well, maybe for the extended, for sure, just because I don't know if that was too muddy. (laughs) I don't know how that came across, but um, I think it's good information. Mm -hmm. And I love that people are are circling back to the thing. They're staying up with what we've got going on in the shows and saying, what about this? What about that? And so I'm going to put the plea out there again. If we've missed something or left something undone, 214-702-9565. That's also the number I want you to call if you have been impacted by Sexy Marriage Radio in any way, shape, or form over this almost 400 episodes, because we want episode 400 to be about you. So wherever you are, whatever you've been doing, thank you for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. We'll see you next time.